strung and quartered him, like disemboweled him, and then burned him. Yes. And you guys celebrate that as a national holiday. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbshit. And you're listening to Crash Crash on on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch, we talk about how fireworks are made. Why you should evade teenage boys on the 4th of July. And how you can attend a yearly penis festival. That's right. It's going to be a fun time. This and more this week on Crash on My Couch. Hey guys, I'm Arden. And I'm Will. And you're listening to Crash, Crash on, on My Couch. Couch. Crash on My Couch. Sorry, I really felt like a diva there. Just wanted to take that one over for once. Right. You're welcome, everyone. Um, my new EP is coming out next week. Don't worry about it. Just That's the only single on it. It's just a single, but it's just the intro to this. Repeated like for two and a half minutes. Okay. So that's where we're starting. Uh, 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 hi, and happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, American friends. Whoa. American friends, I specified. I'm not celebrating it. I'm kidding, babe. Will has been getting so much shit the last couple days. Really just from one friend. Thanks a lot, Jason, if you're listening. Will getting shit every year for celebrating 4th of July. It's only been him I that's don't celebrate it. I'm just here. I, what do you expect <laughs> me to do? Just like stand in the corner and just watch? Well, technically, we're getting our independence from you, so we're probably, like, there should be a holiday where we hunt you down. Like the Hunger Games. Yeah, the Hunger Games for all the British people that live in the U.S. That's terrifying. (laughs) That's what happens on July 4th. We'd outrun you. Yeah. You'd outrun me? I'd outrun you hardcore. On running? You'd be able to catch me. You're going to outrun me on running? You're way too slow. What? I'm so fast. Yeah, Americans have guns. Which I'm not very happy about. Have you seen my long legs? I can run fast, homie. Good point. Okay, we won't go toe-to-toe to you on the July 4th British Hunger Games. Brit Hunt. Hunger Games. Brit Hunt. I imagine the arena (laughs) is like this giant coliseum with just flags everywhere and eagles. Woo. It's like like that's how it's themed. Yeah. Or, 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 or. Or. It's just... Literally, the shape of a stadium made out of fireworks that go off every, like, 20 seconds. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, you're in the stadium, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, but really it's just made of fireworks all yeah. the time. And, like, I, in order to, like, evade an enemy, I'm, like, sliding down a hot dog. Like, sliding down, like, a burger bun, like, to escape. I'm like, don't catch me. Do the, like... A burger slide? Because that's... Yeah, what you guys... Sliders? Sliders. Sliders. Whoa. Nice. You hot dog. <gasps> Whoa. We'll call it the 4th of July hunger. Free lie. Free freedom. Okay, we need to stop. We're very excited about eating grilled things and drinking beer later today. So that's what we're looking forward to. We are actually recording this on July 4th. So what? But anyways, we thought we'd do kind of a themed episode today since it's July 4th. And uh, one of our wonderful producers, Emma, sent us over some like really cool July 4th articles that we thought were interesting and worth taking a peek on. Um, so, we're going to talk about fireworks, obviously. 
favorite thing to talk about on earth. My dad loves 4th of July. I was texting my brother. This is so off topic, but not really. It's all 4th of July related, so it all goes okay. in the podcast. Okay, okay. I was texting my brother yesterday or two days ago, and I was like, what did you have to do for 4th of July? And he was like, oh, I'm barbecuing with some friends. It's weird not doing fireworks with dad this year. And I was like, so true. Because my dad, if you want to know one thing about Jet Ricks, his favorite holiday is July 4th. He loves July 4th. Like, it's not even in being, like, proud of America or whatever. He just loves blowing shit up, I think. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) He's, like, he loves it. He loves it. Like, one year, we were all getting together, and, like, some of the family bailed on doing fireworks, and he was, like, upset all night because it was like come on guys no. this is my holiday yeah it's like jet rick's holiday well who bailed on the holiday mm, i'm like leave that one to the internet okay because you know what i don't want to start a family feud <laughs> fair enough fair so enough to unite all of but he's out of the country now right so he's not even gonna have yeah, the effect those, of it those traitors are in france right now well Certainly not being celebrated in France. No. Oh, America's independence is definitely not getting celebrated in France. <laughs> France does not give a shit about what America's doing. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit sad that I'm not home. Arkansas is a great place to celebrate Fourth of July. Do, you, do, the, do the Brits uh, have a pie in celebration of the unity of uh, America? Or? Okay. First of all, <laughs> you've been to London, I want to say like 10, 15 times now. When have we ever had a pie? Okay. So I just fall into that stupid cliche. Okay. We're not just sitting there eating pie. pie also, pie? Really? Second of all, no. You're we don't celebrate a, it. You're thinking of a savory pie, aren't you? I'm talking apple pie. I'm That's, talking American apple okay. pie. Okay. It's not a thing. Okay. Keep going. Second of all. Second of all, we don't celebrate it in the UK. I mean, if the Brits could, they wouldn't celebrate their own country. So it doesn't surprise me that they don't want to be involved in anything America's doing. British people would love to just not, like, exist in the world, I think. No, we love the holidays because then we get a day off work. (laughs) (laughs) Bring on the bank holidays. We don't have to do anything. It's great. Oh my gosh. The only thing that would actually shake a British person was if the Queen died. Knock on wood. Yeah. That would be a national disaster. That's the only that's the only thing that could shake a Brit. From what I've learned. I think everything could shake a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are of strong ilk. You're strong build. Strong build of people. Yes. Maybe we should start talking about Fourth of July stuff. Like actually do you want to start the podcast? Yeah. Do you want to do this? Well you were segueing onto fireworks earlier and then they never happened. Oh, did you think I was segueing? <laughs> Yeah, but it didn't happen. Oh, no, I wasn't segueing. I just wanted to talk about fireworks. Okay, well, speaking of fireworks... Whoa, we're going to figure out how fireworks are made in our next segment. Go science! Go science! Go science! Um, do you want to hit it up about how fireworks are made? Do you want me to explain this this shit? Um, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me look it up. While you're reading that, can I gobbledygook into the universe about how I think fireworks are made? And sure. And you can disprove all of it? Sure. Okay. Um, so what I think happens is that deep in China, in the deep recesses of the mountain, <laughs> there's an ore called firework with like an accent mark right. over the E, right? Yeah. And it's like a special ore, sort of looks like granite, I'm sure, with pockets of explosives within its beautiful, glimmering, shiny mm. mineral texture, right? And then they polish it down into a beautiful orb and it kind of like levitates a little bit when you hold it. It's like something special about it. Something light, something airy, something space-like. Space-like. So this is a space ore that's fallen to the earth we've been blessed with. 
probably through some alien intervention. They were like, the world's going too wrong. We need to throw fireworks into the mix. So they give us a special rock. We light it on fire, throw it up in the air. Boom! Pikachu's face appears in the sky. That's how fireworks are made. Mm, interesting. Yep. I think fireworks are made where they get the powder. Because uh-huh. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's powder involved. Mm-hmm. And what like, kind of powder? We don't know. We don't know. Powder. Firework powder. Right. And then they take the firework powder mm-hmm. and then they like just like roughly like make a face or like make like a sit like a pattern or something. Where though? On the ground? Yeah, maybe on the ground. Or maybe they like they like layer in like a cake. Like they're putting like little bits in, like that goes out first, this comes out first. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Put that in there and then when it comes up, boom. You got a firework. Honestly genius. Genius. Do you mean to do you mean to hit it up? Yeah. So this is on LiveScience.com. What up Live Science? They're going to answer the question, what is the science behind these newfangled patterned fireworks? How do they work? And you're sort of right, babe. It's sort of like a layering of a cake. Everything else you said was jarbled, but the cake part was sort of a thing. Told ya. Well, that's the one part you sort of got right. It comes down to the construction of the aerial shells, says Julie Heckman, executive director of the American Pyrotechnics Association. That's a thing? (gasps) Can you be the head of a pyrotechnics association? Okay, I'm done. Aerial shells. What do you think he's like? He's like, hey, you want, to, want me to burn something? Well, she... <gasps> shouldn't, shouldn't it assume gender roles? It says she said. Well, Julie Heckman, who is the executive director. Yeah, Julie. I'm doing the same article as you are. Yeah. Bro. Executive... Okay, what was the... Aerial shells are cylindrical casings packed with stars. The small combustible pellets that make up firework dots, which when ignited... Propel into the air and then burst open. If you insert a piece of cardboard into the shell and then arrange the stars in a pattern around that, the cardboard insert forces the stars to explode outward in that pattern. Whoa! You can literally just have cardboard in it and it'll, like, fix itself? Or just do something. No, you can make a star pattern. <clears throat> oh my god, this is how a lot of people die, trying to make homemade Yeah, yeah, well, we, should, we should do it. We could do that. It's just cardboard. Julie Heckman's job is... Super cool. Like, she's in charge of... I love it. All of this. I love it. Okay, like... In charge of the firework. She's the firework lady. (laughs) For reals. When igniting patterned shells, pyrotechnicians... Wow. Usually ignite several at once, as they cannot control the orientation that any one shell will have at the moment that it bursts. If the cardboard insert happens to be angled along the line of sight of the crowd, for example, they'll only see a line of stars when it bursts open, rather than seeing the star's arrangement head on. If several star- shells are used at, at the same time, at least one of them is likely to be oriented correctly. Whoa, okay, so they can't really predict exactly how they're going to appear in the sky. Mm. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're like, light off a bunch of them so that if one of them goes sideways and they just see a line of stars going this way, it doesn't look like a star shape. See what I'm saying? Interesting. Like, throw them out there, do it. That's so interesting, though. I guess it makes sense. Have you ever bought, like, one of those big yeah. fireworks packs? And they're called, like... Thundercat. Big Bastard 94. Yeah, exactly. They all are made of, like, paper and cardboard. And I always wondered, like, how do those things not catch on fire? But that's the point, isn't it? That they catch on fire. The other thing which is <laughs> I, I've, I've come across recently is, is that fireworks are expensive. They're expensive. Spency. Yeah, like for a big firework, they cost a lot of money. Yeah, you can end up spending, like, I feel like... It was always so fun buying them, though. You would go in, like, this big top. I wish you could I love Fourth of July. No, well, because in the UK, obviously, we had um, Guy Fawkes Night. 
<laughs> which is the most barbaric modern day British festival ever. Which is like firework night. So we, I guess this is kind of similar in that sense where we had fireworks and like we celebrated. And do you guys stuff. get like, do you have tents that sell fireworks like in the countryside and stuff? Yeah, but we also have all the news agents like corner shops will have fireworks in them. It's so weird. I mean, in America, they have like these tents. Like you go in and there's like baskets, baskets upon baskets of fireworks and like little ones and big ones and like all this stuff. That's interesting. And you go in, yeah, and normally, I mean, you pay everything in cash basically, but it's like, it feels like a very southern thing. There's Mm. something about it that was really fun. But you get like a big basket full of them, like of sparklers, anything that you want. And then you go up to the till and usually till, oh my God, the checkout. What am I saying? You go up to the checkout and like... Half the time, they would give you such a good deal on them, you get, like, an entire, like, thing of fireworks for, like, a hundred bucks. But, so, like, I remember people, we would probably spend, like, it wouldn't surprise me if we spent 300 bucks on fireworks. Mm. We, when we were buying it, we, like, went to, we go to this corner shop, and then the, you, you could buy them separately, but if you wanted to, you buy them in this huge pack, like, this huge, like, Mm. cardboard pack, which had, like... The setup. Yeah, it was, like, it was pretty big, and it had, like... Like loads of different ones, and they're all like, like have, packed like, the together. Fountains that would like, yeah. like, like so you have, have a fountain, you have yeah, you have like bottle rockets, a, a small one, yeah, a big one, Roman candles, yeah, you have like a really big finale one, which is like called Red Rocket Extreme Me Space Fire. That's also my favorite porn title. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, where do you shoot them out in, in London, though? I put them in a garden. Can you just light off fireworks in your garden in London? Yeah, I don't really know what the rules are, but people do it. We did it. <laughs> they're going to come for you now. You said it on your podcast. Oh. Now they're going to come for you. On fireworks night, all you hear is just like fireworks absolutely everywhere. It's everywhere. This is all, by the way, Guy Fox night, if you didn't know this. This is like a little extra bit of go science knowledge or like go history knowledge. We should have a go history not like... Segment mm. too, shouldn't we? To like yeah, talk that's, about, a, that's a good idea. Talk about old school history stuff. Um, Guy Fox Night is. Can I try to say this and then if I'm wrong, you yeah. can correct me. Just don't don't interrupt me just yet. Let me try to get my whole story out. Yep. Okay. Guy Fox Night is supposed to be representative of the punishment that Guy Fox, the guy who tried to blow up Parliament, he tried to make a terrorist attack on Parliament, and when they caught him, they like strung and quartered him like disemboweled him and then burned him yes and you guys celebrate that as a national holiday yeah okay um okay um yeah you you get like it's like it's called bonfire night as well so like the british like it's you build him out of hay like guy forks i think i think that's the idea and then you like throw him onto the fire and burn him See, this is the hilarity of this. Is like it sounds really medieval. It's. I was about to say it's like it's like the there's London is such a modern progressive city, and then there's like, but then you have this deep history of like disemboweling and quartering and like all this stuff, and like there's just a little bit of that has to peek through to the future, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like we like, we're like really full, like a really forward city slash country, but then you know once a year we like gather around in a field like around this like fire and burn like this wicker man and then like like chant about it like it's, it's kind of weird when you think about it do you chant about it are well, there like that, songs there's like i think there's like rhymes and stuff i it's not people don't say like don't sing and stuff me 
holding hands singing around a fire. No. I think oh, it, I people, now it's more of just like a firework thing. <sighs> so you go watch some fireworks and you go and have a merry old time. Love it. In November when it's freezing. Honestly, love it. So. I think that's kind of fun. Okay, well, we got a little off topic, but we were talking about other nations' celebrations. <clears throat> so that's pretty fun. But yeah, fireworks. So fireworks are a thing in the UK as well. Very nice. But I wonder, yeah, I wonder if there's like a law against fireworks in some countries. There must be. Definitely. You're not really supposed to do them like in big cities. Are you not? No, because it messes with like air traffic control and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. It'd be really scary if you were in a plane and someone like let off fireworks right next to you. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Yeah. That's, I think that's what... I would never want to fly on July 4th. That would be awful. Um, <laughs> well, it's the best view of your life. Oh You're like, gosh. look at all these fireworks. Woo! Yeah. Um, okay, now let's, let's, uh, let's take it on back to a little bit more of Americana stuff. Have you seen, like, the fireworks where, like, they explode and, like, dragons come out of them? Yeah. How the fuck do they do that? I don't know. Like, what your definition... Of, of fireworks, which is like pellets just smacking together and exploding. Doesn't explain how they put fucking dragons in fireworks. How, I don't know. How does that happen? I don't know. Well, because in, in, uh, before they announced the Beijing Olympics, do you remember, like, they always have that... Yeah. They have that show they do the year before to, like, yeah. preempt the fact that, like, woo, the Olympics are yeah. with us this year. And they had that insane fireworks show where it was, like, footprints walking across the sky. Yeah. And then they had like How do you a do that? drum chorus and they had like crazy fireworks going everywhere. I'm telling you, I think it's like... Witchcraft. Yeah. That's it. I think those are the souls of people dying into the air. That makes sense. Sacrificing themselves for the country. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, okay, now let's let's turn our gaze back to America because today is all about America okay. and only the good things. We're not talking about Trump today. Don't worry. So next up, next segment, we're gonna take a little trip over and talk about weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. It's the weekly idiot. Yeah, it is. I feel like 4th of July is the best time to talk about the weekly idiot. <laughs> this is true. Yep. And this is kind of a preemptive weekly idiot because uh, this is an article from Fox. Not Fox. Vox. Come on. Vox. Vox. Um, the people going to the hospital for fireworks injuries are exactly who you think. And I'll give you three seconds to guess who it is that's most likely to go to the hospital for fireworks injuries. Okay? One. Two. <laughs> three. It's teenage boys. Okay. What happens when you mix teenage <laughs> boys with fireworks in one chart? The Weekly Idiot is honestly mostly teenage boys. Let's be real. Yeah, it's um, true. Well, you know, teenage boys make the stupidest decisions. Yes. So, uh, basically, there is a huge correlation between 4th of July and young men ending up in the hospital. Like, on 4th of July, you are most likely to see large crowds of young teenage men. In the hospital. Is it exclusive to, like, fireworks stuff? Do they just get, like... Because I'm sure, like, they just get wasted and, like, end up falling off a balcony or something. I'm going to show Squillian this chart right now. Okay. So here we go. This is age groups, years. You can also see that the female rate of, of harm, it's actually at its highest from five years old to nine years old. Oh, wow. So children... Once women hit 
10 to 14. It goes downhill. It goes drastically down. I wish you could see how high the male chart is compared to the female Men chart. so stupid. Honestly, it's actually baffling. The only time that it gets leveled out is when it's 75 plus. That's the only time that men and women... Then it's like they just go. look at each other and they're like, We're oh, dead we anyway. know, we know it's what this is. But literally, if you... <laughs> I want to like put this Even chart 65 to 74. Like, even then, the men are more then, the men are them. like, well, I, I still I haven't learned my lesson after 60 years. <laughs> I wish you guys could see this chart. So it's like... So at, at, at 10 to 14... Ages 10 to 14 and 15 to 19. Those are the two, like, spike years where, like, there are the most accidents for teenage boys. Yeah, which is funny because it also, it correlates, it has an inverse relationship because it looks like the higher the male chart is, the lower the female chart is. (laughs) Like, look at this. It goes from here. It's, like, pretty high, but it's not too high. From five to nine, men are, like, children. They're children. Yeah, what's that? Young boys are likely to kind of hurt themselves. But then 10 to 14... It's the, you are most likely to be hurt when you're 10 to 14 as a male. Yeah, but I think that's true just generally speaking as well. Yeah, not just fireworks. I've probably hurt myself so many times. Well, I got, hit by, I got so hit by a car once. When did you get hit by a car? When I was like 14. Well, there you are. You're part of the chart then. Yeah. Who hit you with a car? I don't know, some random guy on the street. Oh my gosh, that's scary. Been hit by a car. <laughs> I, I cut my eye open because I tried to be like Superman. Oh my gosh, do you want to see another chart that's pretty crazy? Men and boys overall accounted for 76% of all fireworks-related hospital admissions in the study. Last year, they made up 61% of the admissions. Improvement. Cool. You'll never guess when the hospitalizations spike. Here are all the hospitalizations from 2006 to 2010 sorted by month. Oh no. Is it the summer months? January through December. Oh my gosh, so guys... I know you can't see it, but January through December, like, it looks pretty low. Like... No one is hitting past... No one is, like... Like, under 2,000 incidences of of getting hurt. (laughs) Under 2,000. It's like nothing. And then you hit July, and there's 15,000. Like, it just goes... It skyrockets. (laughs) Like, it, it, like quadruples like not even quadruples no not even that like Like, it just it's like times 100 like (laughs) there's so many more people that get hurt it's literally there there are 15,554 incidences of hospitalizations in July typically in February 243 wow so that's interesting because people in hospitals must be like they must be aware must be really aware of 4th of July like in, in a different sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Must be like, uh, here we go again. Another mm-hmm. hospital day where some kid rolls in with a firework in his eye. <laughs> well, here you go. These are the most common injuries. So now that everyone knows this, if you're planning on shooting off some fireworks, because, by the way, this time of harm doesn't end on July 4th. That's the time, obviously, that you're most likely to get hurt yeah. doing fireworks. But they say that the, the worst fireworks injuries... 68% of the entire year happen between June 18th and July 18th. So it's just kind of the summer month. People get out of fireworks and, yep, you know, shooting shit off. Celebrating the summer. Mm-hmm. Cracking mm-hmm. open a bud. 
Yeah, that's the other problem is everyone's drunk while they're shooting fireworks off. Well, I guess if you're 10 to 14, you're not drunk. I mean, well, I don't you, know you. you can't not be drunk when you're lighting off some fireworks. That makes it even better. Oh, God, you worry me. Um, the most common fireworks injuries are to the hand, wrist, or finger. Not big surprise to me. 57% of injuries involve burns. 16% come from bruises. Why would you go to the hospital for a bruise? And 15.8% are for open wounds. I'd go to the hospital for a bruise. You would go to the hospital <laughs> for a bruise. That wouldn't surprise me at all. You'd be like, but it really It's brown. I don't like it. Okay, all told, these pyrotechnics are pretty significant hazards. Firework-related injuries remain a public health problem. Like, a lot of people are saying they want to, like, outlaw fireworks because so many people, like, overrun the hospitals on in July. It becomes, like, a huge money like drain because you're serving all these people that have hurt themselves <laughs> trying to shoot fireworks off the backyard i can just imagine like the nurse has been really sarcastic like oh they're like oh i wonder what you're in here for <laughs> don't say it i already know they're like literally like holding their fi- like a pile of their own fingers like can She's you sew like, these back yeah on? yeah <laughs> You know what's funny, though? This is the part where I'm kind of like, ah, I can understand maybe why we'd want legislation that makes it harder to buy fireworks. The patchwork of individual states and local laws means that kids as young as 12 can buy fireworks in some states, while other areas are any minors from purchasing. Yeah. Like, some states, they don't let you buy them. 12? Yeah. 12, dude. That is the bracket for men to get hurt. That... Sounds like a disaster. Well, I mean... Why don't they just up that? Even to, like... 16. Just... Just... 12. 12. 12. Some states. I don't know which states, but some states. Although others bar any minors from purchasing. You have to be... I think you have to be 17 or 18 in Arkansas. But I I bet those states where there are 12-year-olds to buy fireworks are the real ones which are causing all these casualties. Oh, yeah. It must be like Louisiana or Mississippi or someone like being like, yeah, let them have it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Well, Arkansas is, I think, 17. Is it really? Maybe 16. Oh, my I feel God. Like it's Should we look it up? Wait. Yeah. I, I'm going to look it up. Okay. Okay. State of Arkansas firework laws. Permitted Roman candles, skyrockets, helicopter rockets, cylindrical and cone fountains, wheel torches, color fire, and firecrackers. Age of purchase, 12 years old, unless accompanied by an adult. Wait, what? Yeah. You can buy them if you're 12 in Arkansas? Yeah. Wait, 12 years unless accompanied by an adult. That sounds weird. Are you sure? Are you reading that right? Let me double check. It might be, uh, it might be 16. I hope so, because there are so many idiots in Arkansas. Maybe it was saying you could buy them at 12 if you had an adult, maybe, or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I feel like that's what it's saying, is that, but then again, if you're 12 and you have an adult with you, just have the adult buy them for you. Why is that tough? Okay, moving on. Oh, Wow. So Arkansas, the state of Arkansas allows most types of consumer fireworks. Arkansas is even more lenient than Alabama. The age limit for purchase of fireworks is 12 years old. That's so upsetting. That makes me the upset. So you know how earlier we were talking about how, like, there are some states which are causing it? It's... Arkansas. Arkansas, bro. It's literally my state. But they do the best fireworks. That's why you have the best time. (laughs) So true. That's your problem. You know, no one your dad is the best time. He just waltzes and buys as much fireworks as he wants. And people are like, yeah, take it. So true. Um, yes. So now we know that Arkansas is uh, gross and shouldn't be selling 
fireworks for 12-year-olds. So there you have it, guys. Um, Good. Good to know that my state has failed us in another way. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, Okay, moving on. Let's talk about our last fun thing to talk about before we go and enjoy fireworks and burgers and beers and stuff. Yes. Um, We are going to talk about festivals in other countries. Because that's fun. We've already talked about Guy Fawkes, which is kind of similar-ish and fun and unity and burning people. But... As we all know, Japan does the best festivals. Like, they probably would do 4th of July better than us. Really? I'm feeling like you're segueing into a new segment. Well, I might be segueing into... What the fuck, Japan? What the fuck, Japan? Um, okay, so, we have three different things we could talk about. You tell me which one you want. We could talk about the Star-Crossed Lovers Festival. Wait, that one's really cute. You should want to talk about that one. <laughs> Sorry, I just I thought I would give you an option. That we could talk about all of them. We could talk about all the, the festivals. Yeah, Japan has so many festivals. But tell ones. me about the, the Star-Crossed Lover one. Okay, I'll do that one first. So, they have a festival in Japan called Tanabata, which is probably completely mispronounced. But, um, in a nutshell... Tanabata is a Japanese tradition in which people write their wishes on small, colorful strips of papers and hang them on bamboo branches. The Japanese term for these papers is tanzaku. Alternatively, some people also decorate bamboo branches with various kinds of paper decorations and place them outside of their houses. It's like a wish-fulfilling festival, which is fun. It's like you write something. It's similar to throwing like a coin in a fountain. Oh, okay. Where it's like a cute thing. But the reason why it's around... And it's known as the Star Festival, is because uh, its roots are described in an old Chinese tale. According to the tale, once there was a weaver princess named Orihine, Orihine, and a cowherder prince, didn't know that was a thing, named Hikoboshi, living in space. After they got together, they played all the time and began to neglect their work. This angered the king, who separated them on opposite sides of the Milky Way as punishment. Oh. Yep. And the king relented somewhat and allowed them to see each other once a year on the seventh day of the seventh month in the lunar calendar. So, Tanabata literally means the night of the seventh. The Japanese believe that they can't see each other if the weather is rainy, so it's customary to pray for good weather on this day and also to make wishes. How cute is that? That's cute. So it's like the Romeo and Juliet of the sky. That's so cute. They have to wait such a long time before seeing each other. I know. Isn't that a sweet? They're star-crossed lovers. Listen to how cute that is. And then you look at like what we were talking about earlier, which was like people dying, like yeah, people being burned at the stake (laughs) on Guy Fawkes Night. And they're like people like being horrific accidents on 4th of July. (laughs) Like they do it right. Japan. Japan just does everything better. We already knew that. So it's not like we're, we're just admitting the, the things that we already knew to ourselves. Um, but it's cute. The date fluctuates based on the lunar calendar. So they take it very seriously. But depending on the region hosting the celebration, Tanabata is celebrated either on July 7th or August 7th in Japan. Right. And they have like really beautiful, like colorful displays and stuff. Like this is on the show. Scullium. But do you see it's like... I see. Yeah, it's really cute. It's like all these like crazy paper decorations and like stars everywhere and it's so cool. So it's funny that we talk about that because we've gone from talking about obviously these two horrific holidays <laughs> we celebrate. Yes. Something very sweet to now something a little bit stranger, which is another weird Japanese holiday. Mm. We were sweet and now I've got a little bit weird. <laughs> So, they have two things which are strange. One's called the Naked Festival. Yes. Me. I'm invited. And the other's called the Festival of the Steel Phallus. Festival of the Steel Phallus. (laughs) Me celebrating every night 
Hey. Oh my gosh. Hey. FML. Um, yeah, so this is festival every year, which is effectively a penis festival. And this is on Thrillist.com, by So the way. they've gone from, you know, doing this lovely Milky Way, Star-Crossed, Romeo and Juliet, lover, whatever thing, to also celebrating the penis. Yay! Like the penis needs to be celebrated anymore. <laughs> so true. Uh, spring is a magical time in Japan. This is what this article starts off with. <laughs> and... I love how they've, like, preempted this. Like, spring is a wonderful time in Japan. They have cherry blossom trees. People are in lovely winter jackets and scarves. And then there's the Penis Festival. Woo! So every year, on the first Sunday of April, locals and foreigners come to Kawasaki to celebrate the spectacularly real Kanemara Matsuri, or the Festival of the Steel Phallus. <laughs> and it's basically a penis parade. Oh my god, did you see the picture? Yeah. And people, like, guys, so not only is it, like, a penis parade people are like eating like penis shaped candies and sweets and and like fried chicken that they shape in penis shape the penis festival which is totally free to attend takes place at the Kaneyama shrine where the main attraction is a giant iron dong <laughs> dong is one of my favorite <laughs> dong is my favorite penis what's word. more revelers can find all manner of phallic statues floats candles candy not safe for work drawings on wooden plaques called emma and many other penis-themed items that are sure to give you a good chuckle. Put simply, if you come to see schlongs, you won't be disappointed. Whoa! So, this is why this stupid fucking thing exists. Um, <laughs> Kawasaki was, a, was a, a main place for wary travellers during the Edo period, which is between 1603 and 1868, where they could recharge with food and drinks. People would come in there and stop off. And they could also buy time with prostitutes. Yeah. And the shrine became a popular place for worship among prostitutes who prayed to the Iron Phallus for protection against STDs. That's me. Me after a Are question. Are you sure we haven't out. spoken about this? No, we haven't okay. talked about this. Okay. So. It's genius. I don't know why we haven't talked about it. People go to the shrine to pray mm-hmm. to not get an STD. Mm-hmm. No penis, please. It's no. just amazing. No STD, please. Uh, today, the festival was meant as a celebration for the LGBT culture and to promote HIV awareness. Yay! Though that sentiment gets a bit muddled up by the boozy revelry, overpriced phallic merchandise, and gaggles of foreigners. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> so, so it starts off with something sweet. It's supposed to be, you know, like um, awareness builder. But ultimately, people are just like deep-throating chocolate bananas all day. Yeah, it sounds like a great time. I would. Can we please go? Yeah, we should go. I would love a penis festival. I would totally be so down for that. So, Festival of the Steel Phallus. And that's kind of just one of the many festivals, which <laughs> is a little bit stranger. There's also the Naked Festival in uh, Japan, which is called the Hadaka Matsuri, which is a uh, type of Japanese festival which participants wear a minimum amount of clothing, usually just a Japanese loin cough. Sometimes with a short coat. Oh, and are rarely completely naked. Okay, so they're not completely naked. They wear this, like, little loincloth. Naked festivals are held in dozens of places throughout Japan every year. The most famous festival is... I can't even pronounce this. But it's held in Sadaji Temple in Okiyama. God knows. Okiyama. Where the festival originated. And every year, over 9,000 men participate in the festival in hopes of gaining luck 
for the entire year. I'm loving this. So like nine thousand dudes get themselves on a loincloth, mosey on over to this festival, start dancing because they want to have that luck. I'm into this, but also, is this just, like, a male festival where everyone just, like, bros down real hard and just dances with each other? Because yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. You cut to it, and people, I was like, bro! Oh, dude, naked festival. At, look at my loincloth. Yeah, my loincloth's pretty dope. I, I mean, it sounds great. It's super dry. So, you know, Japan, wacky festivals. Yeah, Japan's got the wacky festivals on lockdown, I'll tell you that much. Um, alright guys, well, we talked your ear off about fireworks, uh, about lots of Japanese things, and about people getting hurt, so just FYI, you know, like we said before, the, the period of time in which you can get hurt using fireworks has not ended, so be careful if you're going to be shooting fireworks off today, or tomorrow, or whenever. Um, we want you all to be safe and happy and, you know, not die, please. And also, I just want to chime in quickly and say that if you guys have any ideas before we go... Any ideas for segments, i.e. like a history one, even though we suck at history, tweet us. Yeah. Your at is at Arden Rose, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Mine's at Will Derbyshire. If you have any ideas for segments, please tweet us. Yeah. Because we're always looking for more fun things to talk about. Totally. We always need new ideas, and you guys help us so much. We've said this before, but you guys helped us make our treasure hunting segment for the podcast, so we are always down for new stuff, and thank you guys for all the support. Love seeing it all across the socials, on my Insta, on everything. Thank you for listening, and uh, enjoy your 4th of July. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you, guys. Thank you.